That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Week 9 of the Premier League is here. International break is over. It's stupid. I didn't pay attention to it in the first place. Fuck you, Canada. <laughs> I'm Andrew Passaro. We've got an OG Ghost Goal for you today. Just Alex Moss in here. Javier's out doing the Lord's work. I don't know if he's doing the Lord's work or the man's work, but he's working for somebody right now. He wasn't able to make the pod tonight, as I'm unable to make the pod many times. So uh, just the two of us. Um, excited to, to have the Premier League back. No managerial news, but uh, Alex, how was your international break? It was good. Notable that we uh, we, we hooked up back up in New York. I was, yeah. I was up there last weekend. You're working late Saturday night while I'm out uh, drinking with my family. I'm just like, Andrew, where you at? What are we doing? Where, what, where's the spot? Hook me up. And hook me up you did, so much appreciate that. Yeah, I took, I took Alex. I'll give them a free plug here because Manny's my guy. I took Alex over to one of my regular spots. It's called The Distillery if you're in Manhattan on Friday or Saturday night. Asked for my homie Manny. He's a good dude. Hooked it up for us. Uh, made sh- took care of us all night long. Um and uh, yeah, we just kind of shot the shit. I think that was the first time we've hung out since I left for New York, like in person. Maybe. I, I feel like, like I, did you come back down from New York for the uh, acapella thing or were you, would you, had you not moved up there yet? I hadn't moved up yet. Okay. I was trying to remember, but yeah, yeah. it had been a while. So it had, long been, overdue. it had been a minute. So yeah, it was a good, it was a good time. But um, like I said, we're not going to talk about how the United States lost to Canada. Definitely not going to talk oh, about that at all. Okay. Canada, God shed his grace on thee. <laughs> two year, almost two years to the day when the U.S. lost to Trinidad and Tobago to miss the World Cup. Mid-October. Not great yeah. for the U.S. national team. Not not a great time. I, I was like, text, I like my one of my buddies was talking to me about that night a couple years ago because it was a couple. It was like the couple nights before him. He was like talking to me about the U.S. It's like, dude, I remember my exact day. I you know well, I don't know what was worse about that: the U.S. missing the World Cup or my recent ex girlfriend texting me asking if we were friends again. Yet it was like I was like it was like seriously. <laughs> it's like way to absolutely kick me while I'm down right now. Like please, you could have waited. You could have waited like 36 more hours and I would have totally not hated you but fuck Michigan no one cares about them anyways uh, uh, let's get into it Everton take on we got we got a few games we're going to preview here we'll give you our NBC sports predictor and as always we've got bets for you uh, so all of our bets today coming from FanDuel by the way follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Passaro at ASMOS92 at Ghost Goal Pod at Javier Rev9 he's not here but I'll give him the plug anyways uh, let's get right into it Everton take on West Ham Saturday morning bright and early the Andrew Passaro doesn't wake up for this game uh but oh, come on you're not gonna wake up for this i i kind of want to because i feel like at the end of this everton are gonna be well and truly dead uh i i know this is everton at said that home. last week i did well they're in they're no, I, I said that i said that last uh, week i said marco silva wasn't gonna be manager next time we recorded and i'm sitting here looking at my notifications like every day like come on everton do it but no they're they're hanging in there for some reason 
I can't believe that he's still the manager of, of Everton Football Club. It makes it makes well, no sense I, to me. I was hoping you'd like be the somewhat the voice of reason here because I feel like I kind of I gave up on Marco Silva a while ago just because like every time we've seen him when he's done well, it's only ever been for what like a like two or three month spans. It's never been like over the course of an entire season. So anyone saying that Everton were ready to make that jump to be in the place that Leicester are kind of now. I was just thinking, like the the man at the top, like instructing all of them, hasn't proved it himself yet, uh, and I, I felt like I had to transfer that. Uh, what do you call it? That uh, logic over towards Frank Lampard when I didn't pick Chelsea to get in the top four this season. So um, while one has kind of over overcome that and is doing it better than expectations, uh, Marco Silva's team just dropped off a cliff this season, and I mean, despite having. Uh, on paper, a, a pretty solid-looking backline. They've just become an absolute sieve defensively, and despite making countless signings over the past two seasons, the creativity in the forward areas is just not there. You can count on both hands how many players they've signed in recent years that can't seem to string a few games together where they're uh, a consistent threat. And I, I think there's, there's, there's there needs to be more of a conversation now about uh, Richarlison, good or bad. I think he's a good player, but I think he's he is a player right in the mold of his manager. Streaky. Gets hot for a consistent period of time. Can ball out with the rest of them. But I, I have a buddy of mine who's an Everton fan, and I've been telling him, I was like, dude, the same thing that happened to me with Liverpool like in 2011 like, to about 2014-15, where like our best player at the end of the season when we didn't make Champions League is like having a hissy fit and going to leave, is going to happen to Richarlison. Like, he's going to bitch and moan. He's going to end up at like a psg or at like some place uh, well yes but like he's gonna do he's still so young too i don't even know if he's like 23 yet um but i I think he's 20 i think he's 24 by now he came came over the premier league when he was like 21 it's been three years he's 22 turns 23 in may wow okay yeah, so yeah, like very young, he's for sure. Still very young and has shown that he has what it takes to play in the prem have in the play in the prem, but like he's he's not the finished product. And the other thing I want to point out about Everton in this game, their their midfielder that they signed to replace uh Adrisa Gay is still not available for them. Well, I mean, you saw you see the news about him this week. Uh, I think he was going to be out for a month or two. Uh, with the initial injury that he got a couple games into the season. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, Kabamin. I can't remember his first name, but um, he's an Ivorian defensive midfielder slash center back. And the, I think he re-aggravated the injury somehow, or like during the surgeries, it got worse. And now he's out for six months. So say goodbye to that new signing. Uh, they're probably going to have to sign someone in uh, January uh, to get any sort of semblance of a midfield because uh, – Fabian Delph and Schneiderlin and uh, and Andre Gomez has been injured. Also, those players haven't fit the bill right now, and Everton have had zero creativity. Which you you could blame on maybe some forward players as well. But all the moves start from the midfield, so there has to be some sort of creativity and and, and class there. And they just haven't had it so far this season. So uh, going go to the West Ham side of things. Uh, th- this is usually looked at as like a game West Ham would be maybe aiming to get a draw in. They're two fairly even sides, uh, evenly matched sides on paper. Um, but West Ham have obviously had a way better start to the season. 
than Everton. And it's like the first time in God knows how long that West Ham have actually looked good right from the jump of a season that that I can remember. They usually go the first 10 games of just di- like dismal results. But now I'm looking at this game and Maybe I'm thinking the you have to season. pick West Ham to win this. I would agree with you. I would take West Ham to win this. The I will counter you. I think the only season we really saw them start with a punch was the Payet the season. The Payet season. Okay, which, yeah. which, which, uh, which, hand up, shout out to the West Ham supporters. Remember that one guy that went super viral on Twitter? The guy who got the West Ham... 2-1 over Arsenal and like tattooed it on his back with like the goals <laughs> after they beat Arsenal in the first game of the season. And I don't they, remember I think, that, but I'll go look yeah, that up after. That's a that's a real thing that happened. Shout out West Ham fans. But yeah, I'm taking West Ham in this game. I'm absolutely t- they won at Goodison last year 3-1. I think they could do the same thing this year. Like uh, Everton ain't shit. West Ham's a good team. They should absolutely come back and beat Everton at Goodison Park. Yeah, I mean the the only slight X factor I would maybe that would maybe make me hesitate is uh, just the, the 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 factor of the international break. There's we've seen so many times over the years uh, the international break being such a decisive cutoff point between good spells and bad spells of teams either way. Uh, good teams coming off uh, great form at the end of a uh, at the start of an international break, starting again afterwards and just losing momentum and vice versa. So. You know, there's maybe some hope there for uh, for Everton, but um, they got to start turning it around now. Otherwise, mid table by the end of the season might be even out of their reach. They might be legitimately in like the Crystal Palace, uh, Bournemouth zone of not quite mid table, but not really in the relegation battle either. They might be uh, knock, knock, knocking on Sam Allardyce's door pretty soon. Uh, no, I don't soon. think they're ever going back there. I think their fans would riot. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get a job this year. Someone's going to hire that fat fuck. Um, do you fancy a wager on this one? I was looking at the, the bets earlier today, and I went into it before I saw any of the any of the odds. I was thinking, like, oh, I wonder what Sheffield to win against Arsenal is. Like, I'm just curious about that because it seemed like it would be like a – uh, one of those long shots that you could maybe sneak something small on and, and win big if you get lucky. Um, and then I saw it was plus 280 Sheffield to win at home and went up to this West Ham uh, at Everton game and saw West Ham's odds to, win, odds to win at Goodison Park were the exact same, plus 280. That makes me, I mean, on the one hand, it makes me think, wow, Sheffield have been playing well enough to get their odds to win at home down to plus 280. But it's also making me think like, wow, West Ham are, all the way up at plus two eighty to win at uh, Goodison. You think it would be like plus like one hundred or something like that. You think it'd yeah. be a little bit lower, but so yeah. that's that's really good value right there. If you're uh, if you're as confident in West Ham going away and winning as you and I seem to be, um, that could absolutely be like a bet of the week that you could throw like a good chunk exchange on. And I'm pretty confident you'll come uh, you'll come away a winner. All right, let's jump to some of the 10 a.m.s. we got two big ones, uh, Chelsea taking on Newcastle, Tottenham taking on Watford. We'll start with Chelsea, who got a little banged up uh, on the international break. How is uh, health on the uh, blue side of London, Alex? I mean, it's anyone's guess. There's been a bunch of cases through the start of the season where they've said players aren't, aren't fit to play, and then they have ended up playing, and, uh, and vice versa, where... You, you feel like they're they're fit, and then all of a sudden they pull up in in, in warm ups. So we won't know until the the lineup comes out uh, for that ten a.m. game. But um, luckily, after like four or five like initial injuries early in the international break to Reese James and Mateo Kovacic and, and Golo Kante, 
and uh, I think a few others. It seems like all of those are are back and ready. So uh, Newcastle at home, they're obviously one of the worst teams in the league, but they've already got two wins against Tottenham and uh, and and Manchester United in in fairly recent weeks. So you can't take them uh, can't take them for granted. And uh, with a young Chelsea team, it's always a possibility that uh, we're just not quite at it on the day. And I don't think any, I don't think most Chelsea fans will say to you they're one hundred percent confident we're getting the win here. Um, but obviously, we should. So I'm, uh, I'm going to be confident, and it's part of the NBC Sports like predictor picks of the week. And I'm going to say three one. But at the same time, I do want to offer this because the odds are. They're, they're too good to pass up for Newcastle with those two wins against uh, other quote-unquote top six teams. Plus 1,000 Newcastle win at Chelsea. I'm not telling you bet that 100%, but if you're thinking I'll throw five bucks on this and see if I can get uh, a big payoff, you know there are worse bets to have. Crystal Palace are plus 1,100 to beat Man City at home uh, this weekend. So they're plus 1,100 to beat Man City and Newcastle plus 100 or plus 1,000 to beat uh, Chelsea, then... You know the, the the Newcastle result at Chelsea seems a bit more feasible to me. That's fair. Uh, in all honesty, though, are you confident that Chelsea can like how, on a scale of one to ten? How confident are you that Chelsea can seven. get all three points? Seven? I'll say a seven. Yeah, you know it, it's it, it, it's a weird it's a weird place to be because you're you're constantly checking your own overconfidence of, of the young players where like I know that it's I make I sound like a homer because I've been watching a bunch of these young kids and obviously the rest of the team for so long and I expect big bigger things from them than what maybe some other people who aren't like offends the club and watching them forever expect but uh, it, so once I let myself get like out of hand and start like uh, predicting like uh, results like I did Chelsea at South at Southampton in the in the last game week I was confident about that one for a very specific reason because we have a great rec- uh, record away at Southampton, home and against Newcastle. It's usually okay, but last year it, it took like a 70th minute winner to beat them two one from Williams. So it, it's it, it's not like we just run over every bad team every single time. So I'll, I'll say a close three one Chelsea with maybe a goal in the last 20 minutes to make it three one and to seal it up. If there's one thing I've learned on the Ghost Goal podcast over the years is that Newcastle is Chelsea's bogey team for whatever reason, and you always remind me of that. So mostly, mostly uh, away though. I'll, I'll be fair; like the home games, we usually beat them, but it's never easy. Fair. Now, there's plenty of teams Liverpool have with that. Let's take it over to another London team who will be home this weekend. That's Tottenham, who take on Watford. Uh, I have no idea how to call this one. No one because does. Tottenham who, who are are all over the place right now, and Watford are just absolute trash so it it could really go either way here i want to say that i want to say that i'm confident in tottenham but i also don't want to be confident in tottenham because they turn around and play us in a week so um but they should be able to beat this team even not at 100 percent because watford just haven't figured it out but maybe having the two weeks they they were able to figure it out this is though a team I like. I'm looking at the head-to-head right now, and Watford did beat them last year. It was at Vicarage Road, but last year at the London Stadium in January, Tottenham beat them two-one. So, and they've beaten them at. They had to come from behind in that game too. Yeah, I remember that one. But they've beaten them the at home. Tottenham, I know, with home has changed like all the way back to like 2016. 
This isn't something that they've, you know, this isn't a team that they've lost to or drawn to at home, which is why, like, I could see a nervy 1-0, maybe Kane gets a penalty or, like, a Son goal or something. I mean, I know there's talk that, you know, Giovanni Lo Celso could be back soon and that could help, but I don't I Like, I just, I think Pochettino's a very good manager, and I don't, like, as a fan of the quote-unquote Premier League, which is weird because I don't want nice things for Tottenham, obviously. I mm-hmm. don't want to see I – don't, I don't want – personally, I don't want to see Pochettino available because I think United will snap him up. And I think he might actually be able to do something at United better than Ole has. And the last thing – I'd rather have good Spurs than good Manchester United. It's just science. But <laughs> – <laughs> but uh, somebody tweet that out for me, please. Because yeah, no, you're, like, you're, you're getting and, me into Anchorman mode, dude. Well, there's no going yeah. back once I get into Anchorman yeah. mode. The, the, the quotes just spew out and they never stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a glass case of emotion. Ah, Baxter, bark, bark once if that's you. Bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. <laughs> um, but. I, I think Tottenham are going to figure this out. I think they're going to get a nervy 1-0, and people are still going to be asking questions. I just don't think Watford are good enough to go and do something at Tottenham. It's, and then, it's whether they're desperate enough. They should be desperate enough. They're bottom, and they have, what, like two or three points? Haven't won yet this season. Uh, it's right around the time that you expect like the, the players as good as uh, Watford have to suddenly like switch it on and really play balls to the wall. So... Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. These kinds of games, it seems like the home ones in the Premier League, other than that Newcastle performance, it feels like Tottenham do like just enough to barely win, but without impressing. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just I can't place any faith in, in Watford either. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and pick for the predictor picks of the week. I, I have 2-2 right now. I'm, I think I might switch that to 2-1 Tottenham. Because uh, I've got a, a sort of upset later on in the uh, in the show that I want to mention, and I don't know if both of those are going to happen. So I'll say I'll say two one Tottenham over Watford, but I don't like it, <laughs> and I don't trust either of them. Correct. All right. Correct score zero zero, which is like the which is something I think could happen in this game. Plus nineteen hundred, a straight no, up draw. Plus three eighty. They're, they're also they're both too shit to uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to like not concede like once at least. You know, uh, like yeah. The, when two crap teams play each other um, with two bad defenses, I usually think that that's going to mean goals. Um, you know. Yeah, I'm, like the Brighton Newcastle game that ended nil nil a few weeks ago that uh, I think Javier predicted, like that was a classic nil nil. You can see it coming from a mile away because those teams can't score goals. But these teams, I don't think they should usually struggle that much with scoring goals. It's uh, keeping them out the other end that that's the problem. Remember, Lloris is out for yeah. a while oh, now yeah. with that with yeah. that elbow injury. So it's going to be Azanigia in goal for the foreseeable future. Over three and a half goals plus one forty two. So. Uh... That's, yeah, I mean, maybe three and a half maybe, or two and a half. Three and a half. Two and a half is minus one eighty four, which means you'd have to put up a hundred and eighty four dollars to win a hundred. That's still not bad odds on the minus two and a half. It's just you're not winning back what you put up. So right. um, I obviously like to play on things that are on the plus side because you always win more than what you put down. But um, if you're if you're looking for a good investment bet, something that you feel like will definitely hit. 
I don't. I think the two, the two and over two and a half is a pretty one good, pretty good one tier. I don't know about the over three and a half just yet, but that is. A, I for, kind of forgot about the Loris thing. I was more focused on another goalkeeper that's going to be out this weekend, but we'll mention that a little later in the podcast. That's what in the business. We call it tease. Uh, Crystal Palace take on Manchester. <laughs> Crystal Palace take on Manchester City Saturday at twelve thirty. Uh, as Alex said earlier, Palace are plus one thousand to win this game. Plus eleven hundred. Eleven hundred. We know Crystal Palace's record against the top six. It's it's usually good. I also saw a stat that if Crystal Palace were to win their next five games, they would be second in the table. Because they play City, they play us in that stretch. I think they play Tottenham, or no, they've already played Tottenham. Um, I, but I saw a statistic today where it was like that they, they, if they go on a run, they could be as high. They as have us. The they have us coming yeah. up soon. I think after That's, this game, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah I think they're just like a shouting distance outside of the top four or five. I think they're they're, they're pretty. They're hanging around there, up at the top of the table, similarly to West Ham, the two teams that. Um, finished in around middle to lower mid table last season, starting this season really well. Uh, so I, I, with, with the results, the shock results we've seen against Manchester city uh, so far this season, namely Norwich away and uh, wolves at home, you can't discount anything now. Uh, and I think the days of just, you mean Javier dismissively saying, Oh, uh, three, well, like four, one, five, five, nil, four, nil for our predictions for Manchester city. I think those are I think those are kind of coming to a close uh, because it's it's been three seasons under Pep now two seasons winning the league title and winning almost every single week and scoring uh, amazing amount like amazing amount of goals uh, maybe you start to see the focus dip a little bit and that was that, that's playing into the hands obviously of Liverpool who what's the what's the lead now how many points uh, eight points eight, eight points. points eight points nine game or eight games in that's yeah, that's, that's, that's a good head start, and it's showing that Manchester City maybe aren't quite as focused on the Premier League or aren't always completely uh, there ready to play every single weekend. But, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to pick Man City 3-1 just because yeah. De Bruyne's back for this one. Uh, we, we mentioned that might be a significant injury for that Wolves game where uh, just the quality of service that he provides for Aguero or Jesus or, or Raheem Sterling is just, it's otherworldly when Kevin De Bruyne is on the field. He brings a completely different dimension to your attack that as a defender, when, uh, Jesus, it sounds so pompous, but as a player who played in defense when I was growing up, if I put myself in the shoes of defenders who have played against Kevin De Bruyne this season and seasons past, some of the balls that he puts into areas you don't even think he doesn't even process you as a defensive defensive player. I have to watch for the cross here, uh, and people will slowly adjust to that and realize, oh, De Bruyne is on the ball like fifty yards from goal. This is a dangerous area. It's going to take an adjustment from defenses to get used to that. Um, but I think in the meantime, the people are still adjusting, and De Bruyne will keep putting balls on plates for uh, Aguero and Sterling and such. So. I'll say 3-1 Manchester City, and again, I think it's going to be a, a tough 3-1. I think it's going to be close until City wrap it up in the last 10 or 15 minutes with a third. All right, so a couple things here. John Stones should be back for this one. I like that, and that, That's a big one, because I, I, I had the day off. Well, I didn't have the day off today. I haven't gone to work yet today, um, because I have a wonky schedule, as people probably know. Um, so I spent like a good 45 minutes just on physio room and like looking up all the injuries, and John... Great website. Uh, John Stones should be back for this. 
Crystal Palace gave Ben Teke and Tompkins new deals today, extending both of them like another season. Jesus. <laughs> Which is like, what an absolute kick of the dick right before. I mean, Tompkins, Tompkins, sure. Tompkins, I don't want yes. to lump him in with Ben Teke, but you just say Ben Teke and new deal. And I'm just like, what? Like, remember that time? Okay. Remember that time that Liverpool bought Christian Benteke? He was a total bust and then sold him to Crystal Palace and made their money back. Yeah, not bad. Not like, bad. Also, remember the, the time that he scored? He was like a regular, like 15 plus goal scorer for, for Crystal, for Aston Villa. Yeah, I love I wanted Chelsea to sign him. I was pissed when Liverpool got him. I thought that'd be a great buy, but he uh, seemingly dropped off a cliff. Yeah. Uh, that was that was Brendan Rodgers like dream signing, and then he just didn't use Roberto Firmino. One of those is one of Champions League. The other one plays for Crystal Palace. Life comes at you fast, folks. Uh, but yeah, I give I give Palace little to no chance in this game. I think they might be able to frustrate City for like the first thirty or so minutes until they break through. Like it's I don't it's, wouldn't say little to no. We can't. I'm, I just made the point we can't do that. Plus, Crystal Palace just beat Man City last year at the Etihad. Uh, Andrew Townsend is showing up for this game. <laughs> <laughs> They're always better on the road. I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's true. How frustrating that must be for a Crystal Palace fan to just be like, why even bother going to home games? We I'll counter that. It. I'll counter that. How much like how much better would that be if you're like a hardo Crystal Palace fan who gets to go on the road and see them get One of the, the away fans, the yeah. Teams. It's like yeah. the same it's like the same group of a couple thousand people who go to every away game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those people are having the time of their lives, but the rest of their fan base is just like, can we get like a couple wins against the big the big sides at home? Maybe like one or two a season? That brings us to Sunday. We've got one game, 11.30 only. The game in, in English football. Manchester United, Liverpool, Old Trafford. Hold up, hold uh, up, hold th- up. That's not the game in English football anymore. Well, Come on, man. Historically. Have you watched his- any of like the last, I'll say the last like four games at Old Trafford between these sides? There was the one United win the 2-0 a couple seasons ago. But other than that, they've just been the worst games to watch ever. Remember Jurgen Klopp walking off the field after, uh, was it 1-1 last year or 0-0 or something? When both teams had a bunch of injuries and Rashford was playing hurt and uh, United made all their subs in the first half. Uh after that game, the club walked off the field, and the first thing he said to the the, the reporters was, "Wow, what a shit game of football!" <laughs> I do remember that. That was I amazing. Mean, yeah. That was the most entertaining uh, event of the whole game, and it was afterwards in the press conference. So, yeah, it, there's something about these teams. I don't think Solskjaer is going to do anything to deviate from uh, deviate this game from how it's going to play out. It's going to be United sitting deep and essentially parking the bus, for lack of a better term. Uh, and Liverpool looking to see if they can score early and then run up the score and end United season and break them here. So um, I think it'll probably be like a, a 2-0 Liverpool. I, I don't think you guys need to go for the jugular here. I think, honestly, it would probably be better for everyone in the league if you don't destroy them because that would probably lead to Solskjaer being sacked faster and United actually maybe recovering. So uh, it would be... I'd very much appreciate it, Andrew, if you guys just beat them a, a, like a solid 2-0, uh, maybe a 1-0, 2-0 for, for you to like help you rest. Um, and also, I know you're going to bring up the De Gea injury and say we're going to put a bunch of goals past them, but people forget how good of a backup Sergio Romero is. He's a pretty good backup. A, He's a, a pretty solid backup. Finalist. He's, like, he, he probably should be playing more. Uh, especially with how how many mistakes De Gea has had over the past twelve months of his career, 
Um, and it's a it's a time for him to maybe uh, grasp that chance. I don't really believe that, but you know, it's just it lends to the idea of United uh, hanging in there for a bit longer than you might think. Uh, well, I'm going to go with the exact opposite. And yes, I am going to cite that David De Gea, who got injured. So a 2-0 win for United? That's the exact no, opposite. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're, we're, we're taking a Liverpool result here. Um, first of all, Liverpool have not won at Old Trafford. I'm looking it up here. Um, they haven't won at Old Trafford in the Premier League since, I think, 2014. Um, which is... It makes sense. United have have dominated this rivalry. Oh no, that's not true. We uh nope, that was a that was a preseason friendly. Also um, Europa yeah, we, League, didn't you beat them? Uh no, I think we drew at United and we won at Anfield. Yes, we drew at United 1-1. That's when Coutinho put De Gea on his ass. Yeah, that was a nice goal. Oh, oh that was a great goal. <laughs> hey, look, I said something nice about Philippe Coutinho. Play the yeah, damn remember music. Yeah, he used to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I keep trying to remind you and Javier how good he used to be, and you guys are just like, no, I don't want to hear it. He's terrible. Well, I mean, here there's a, there's like an official ranking of like th- football things that I hate, and it's like at the very top, it's like Everton and United, and then it's like, and then it, then it's like Philippe Coutinho and Raheem Sterling. They're like they're like like I'm still happy about those moments against major rivals, but everything else can can p- kiss my ass. But uh, look, it's not only David de Gea who's missing out on this game; it's Paul Pogba. Like, Liverpool are going to go into this game, and they're going to dominate possession. And we were talking about this before we, you know, got the pod up and running. Like, uh, Sadio Mane, while on duty for Senegal, talked about that moment at Burnley. And and his exact thing was... we got to lay it out for them. Okay. So, uh, yes. So, against Burnley... Mo Salah took a shot, which he could have passed to a very open Sadio Mane. They were up 3-0, and he was just going for a goal for himself. Exactly. And Mane said while he was away with Senegal, like one of the reasons I was upset about that is that we see Manchester City just absolutely boat race teams and put up like five or six goals. And, you know, we need to do that, too. And so this is a great opportunity for it with all of United's injuries. You're going to have a ton of opportunity in midfield. You can play against a bunch of kids. I don't think that there's just a bad cloud hanging around United. And I just want to see Liverpool go in there more than anything and kick the absolute shit out of them, which is why one of my bets of the week is the over three and a half, which you can get at plus 205 right now. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just I, don't I, agree it, with that. Like, you guys haven't just, gone there and scored a bunch of goals. And but I don't it, think right, to hang missing is back. that big of a negative. Allison's back. My tip's back. Liverpool are going to come in. Right. So, okay, can I, can I lay this out? Because Allison's back, that lends to not taking over 3.5. Because if you're, if you're, I mean, you're saying Liverpool are going to score four goals against United. Yup. Like, okay, yeah, they might do that, but. You did it? Uh, what? Oh, no, they did it to you. That's yeah, they bad. did it to us. They were at home. <laughs> that, that was yeah. the overhead. <laughs> the overhead, yeah, but we. <laughs> it was also like the first game of, like, a, not just our manager, but a bunch of our players, uh, Chelsea, in Premier League careers. So uh, yeah, those were pretty special circumstances. I don't know. I just feel like that plus 3.5 to hit, you need you need a 3 1. And yeah, that could happen. Oh, that could happen. Or, or, yeah, yeah. Daniel James on the counter. Yeah, well, um, Martial might be back. There, there's, there's whispers of that, but I'll believe it when I see it because they were saying that after the last international break and he still hasn't played since before the September international break. So um, I wouldn't uh, put too much in that. And Marcus Marcus Rashford maybe he's scoring, uh, scored for England during the, the, the break against Bulgaria or someone. 
So, also, also, while we're talking about that, fuck you, Bulgaria. Like, get your shit together. Like, it's 2019. Like, fuck you. All right, continue. Yeah, I mean, fuck all those countries that are just like, I mean, Italy, Italy included. They, they yeah. routinely are throwing monkey chants at like black players and some of the yeah. best players in Syria history have been black. And it's just like, like get your shit together. There's no logic in that. <laughs> like, there's absolutely no. zero logic. Um, I saw I saw a, a post on Reddit soccer stream today or Reddit soccer today that um, Syria is going to try to use the VAR cameras to to identify people using racist chants, which like I'm all for get those people out of the grounds, but maybe just make sure the VAR is doing its actual actual job. And then and like maybe get a second camera, like uh, like kick out the racist cameras. Like just There's more than enough cameras. They've been able to identify people for a long time. Uh, don't want to get too far away from Premier League, but in Syria, they've already, they've had multiple instances where they know exactly who is doing that in the stands, and they refuse to to find them. And, it, and if they do, on occasion, find them, it's like never that much. And it's always like you're always comparing it to other things, like teams showing up like late to the pitch after halftime and they get a bigger fine for that than like racist chance to and there's liverpool there's, got a yeah there's no liverpool accountability big, yeah. there's, there's no punishment there's no actual uh, like reasonable punishment for something that's that was unacceptable like 30 or 40 years ago let, let alone in 2019 so yeah all those countries get the hell get out of here Get out of here. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm going to take Liverpool big. Alex is not taking them as big, but he's taking Liverpool to, to continue. And that finishes... That, I don't love the one game on Sunday. I mean, I know there's other leagues, and I know I'm going to just watch, go from that to the NFL, but like... I, I, I feel like I need two games. I, I was going to give it a rest this week. Uh, we seem to do this every single week where we're just like, they messed up the schedule, man. Like, what the hell? They can't have like another game earlier on Sunday, but you just got, you never, we're never going to get what we, we completely want. But no, no. It's more than I've enough good that. games to, to, to focus on. I'm a fucking Washington Redskins fan. I'm never going to get what I want. Right. You need something uh, <laughs> else to look forward to on Sundays. <laughs> You're damn right. Uh, and that, that brings us to Monday. Sheffield United host Arsenal 3 p.m. I would love to hear Javier's brief thoughts, but I'll turn to Alex instead. Yeah. Can you? I, I feel like I, 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 I didn't realize that the Sheffield home game against Arsenal was coming up this soon. And I believe uh, I remember a conversation distinctly with Javier right after Chelsea threw away a two goal lead against uh, Sheffield at home. That uh, I, I said to Javier, like I won't be surprised if Arsenal drop points to Sheffield United this, this season, uh, home or away. But obviously, it's much more likely to happen uh, up up in Sheffield. So uh, when I saw the games, that game was coming up sooner than anticipated this week. I was just like, you know what, time to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to predict the draw, but uh, the at plus two seventy, but the win at plus two eighty seems more, you know, definitive, more decisive. But the, the difference, the the plus ten you're getting between the difference, I, I would lean towards if you're trying to be reasonable uh, w- with this pick that it's going to be plus the the plus two seventy draws the the better pick. I'm going to say one uh, one in this game, and uh, I don't want to sound like too much of a broken record, but you're not going to play any team like Sheffield United this season other than when you play them. There's not too many teams you can say this about but outside of the top six, but they're completely distinct and uh, and unique uh, in, in how they approach the games and just how fluid they are and how uh, deceptive and underrated they are. These are all words that we can throw in as adjectives to describe Sheffield United. And it makes for 
difficult difficult game in a difficult atmosphere on a Monday night. You can you can uh, attest to this with how Liverpool played when they were there a few weeks ago. They got the one nil win, but Sheffield had a good few chances to score, and on another day it could have been a draw or maybe even a Sheffield win. So. Also could have been three 0 Liverpool, but should, yeah, it could have been. But I don't think you guys had that good of chances, other than the Salah one v one that uh, Henderson saved. Uh, Dean Henderson a, saved. There was a Mane one that I distinctly remember him shooting right at the keeper. But, yeah. yeah, so it, yeah, it could it, it could have gone either way. That's why I said it could have been a draw, which you know, drop points at Sheffield. If you're a Liverpool fan, you would have been disappointed with that. Um, drop points here for Arsenal. I don't think you can say it's a surprise anymore. Uh, Sheffield will. 100% just pick at those spaces in behind Chambers or Bellerin, whoever it is that starts at right back, and, uh, and behind Kolasinac or Tierney, whoever it is that starts at left back. Whoever it is for Arsenal playing in those wide areas in the back line, they're going to be asked to get forward, as they always have, and Sheffield's make make their money off of exploiting those spaces and whipping in early balls while the centre-backs are still not fully set in their position and able to read it. So it's an absolute... I think Chris Wilder is his mouth is watering over this game, and I, I think and I don't think that's an insult to Arsenal. I think his mouth would have been watering over the indiscipline of like the Chelsea backline, and they were able to get at that. And he was able to instill a belief in them at two 0 down at Stamford Bridge that they could come back and get something from it, and they did just that. So I'm uh, I'm fairly bullish on Sheffield getting at least a result this week. So I'll say uh, I'll, I'll say one one. I will say for Arsenal. Sounds like Tierney might play, and it sounds like Lacazette might be back, which definitely helps. But also, I still stand by what you just said. Just be like, like this Sheffield team at home is on a Monday night, on Monday night football, coming off the break. They're going to be up for it. Yeah, I, I, for sure. I like that. I, that's. Let's do. I'll Alex. I'll have you run through your NBC Sports Predictor picks of the week, and then we'll do. Um, I've got two more bets that I want to throw out, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, I mean it's just a just a repeat of pretty much every game we already covered. Tottenham uh, home against Watford, two uh, one Tottenham. Chelsea home against Newcastle, three one Chelsea. Crystal Palace uh, home against Manchester City, three one Manchester City. Uh, United and Liverpool at Old Trafford, uh, 2-0 to Liverpool, and that 1-1 in Sheffield Arsenal that we just talked about. So get your picks in, download that app. If you land on all five results and get them all right, you could win $50,000. So, or you will, you would win $50,000. So get in on that. All right, so the other two bets that I kind of like this week, Southampton is going to Wolves. The res- Wolves to get the result and both to score. We're talking like a 2-1 here. So Wolves win. Wolves win, but both teams scores at plus 300. I kind of love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I like that too. Um, I'm still holding on to belief for Southampton. Um, but yeah, Wolves look like they're starting to shift into the, uh, shift up the gears now and look like a better a better option for sure. I have like every bet that I've placed this year on like logged for like Premier League stuff and I like Wolves it's just like one of those teams that I for some reason love betting on so how's that been going for you so far (laughs) some weeks good some weeks bad (laughs) (laughs) uh but uh and then the other one I like is the over three and a half in Bournemouth Norwich I think that one has two two written all over it little little goal goal fiesta um I don't know if I trust Norwich away from home yet they've been absolutely abysmal uh going forward when they're not at Carrot Road 
That's fair. That's fair. I, 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 I trusted them in a similar bet at Burnley a few weeks ago, and they just lost 2-0 and didn't really look like scoring. I, I think I bet on that game too. I think I, I think I bet on that exact game actually. No, I I bet them at West, West Ham, Ham and they, I remember and that they one lost too. two 0 Exactly. Yeah. There's a pattern emerging I, here, Andrew. Yeah. They're terrible away from home. I don't know. I mean, Burnley could, uh, Bournemouth could win three one. Like that's that's very possible. Um, but yeah, I, I think those or that's more, only a plus after one. what Villa yeah. just did. <laughs> Also true. Uh, that's it's at it's at plus one hundred six. So that's not like a big. You're not going to win a ton of money on that. But the my my uh, picks of the week: Man United over Liverpool. Man United Liverpool over three and a half plus two hundred five. Wolves South Wolves Southampton result in both to score with for Wolves at plus three hundred over three and a half for Bournemouth and Norwich. And Alex has the what is it the chef? Yeah, I'm going to go with the the, the West Ham Everton game. Uh, West Ham to win plus two eighty. Uh, Sheffield's draw plus 270 against arsenal uh and then if you're if you're really feeling lucky place a cheeky five dollars on newcastle to win at chelsea for plus 1000 you realize if you if that hits you win 500 dollars. yeah that's why i picked it <laughs> it's yeah i mean come on man i'm all about value here <laughs> all righty well that wraps it up for us here on the ghost goal podcast appreciate you guys listening as always uh follow us on twitter instagram for the latest hot takes at andrew passaro at asmos 92 at ghost goal pod at javier rev 9 like review subscribe on itunes and until next week yeah.